Welcome to another episode of Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. We are now on season two, episode six. My name is Matt. I'm the president of JFR. With us, we also have Jillian, the vice president, Kristen, the treasurer. We have Susan Kennedy, our advisory committee uh, chair. And Susan, would you like to introduce our special guest this week? Thanks, Matt. Today we have an old friend of ours who's been in the area for many, many years and is one of our greatest supporters, former Palm Beach County Commissioner of District 1, Karen Marcus. When you're a former commissioner, do you still get to keep the title? Do we still get to call you Commissioner Marcus, even though you're not technically our sitting commissioner at this time? Yes, they say you never lose the title. So yes, you don't have to even call me former. You can just say commissioner. Excellent. I'm going to refer to Karen as Commissioner Marcus. Well, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I love Jupiter Farms. As we've heard, you know, it's it's interesting. Every time you show up at one of our meetings, I get to point to the plaque on the wall that says, this is the Karen Marcus Pavilion. And, right. and it was named for you for very good reasons. And Susan, you're, you're here to kind of help us get through this because there's a lot of history with Jupiter Farms and Karen and some of that you shared with. And so I was wondering if you could help guide us through where we've been before we talk about where we are. When we were talking about having the commissioner on today, it was, we should say historically, we are still in the middle of the initial COVID lockdowns. We're doing this call on Zoom. And one of the things that we've been hearing a lot from our residents in Jupiter Farms is how lucky we are to be able to have so many natural areas, parks and beaches and recreational accesses up here in North Palm Beach County. And for those of us who have lived here for a very long time and grown up here, I actually graduated from Jupiter High School, and I think Karen graduated from Palm Beach Gardens High School. We both still live in the neighborhoods where we grew up in. We both know that it wasn't just luck that happened to create such an amazing North County experience. It was a lot of hard work. I was thinking in the terms of some of the key events that happened that caused that. And um, when I was speaking with Karen earlier, she's like, well, that's why I initially got involved in the county commission. So for those that don't know, Karen Marcus was originally elected to Palm Beach County Commission in 1984. And why did you run, Karen? One perspective that drove me to run was, A, I was working for a county commissioner and he retired and it was an open seat. I am a native Floridian. I was actually born in Key West in the Navy Hospital. I moved to the village in North Palm when I was five, and I've lived there ever since. And my three kids live here, and all my grandkids live here. And so it was sort of my neighborhood, and it was a time for me to to do something and to give to it. So when the seat became vacant, I filed to run, and it was actually countywide that we ran back then and ran. And and a lot of it had to do with I remembered what it was like growing up here and all of the things that we had. And I wanted to make sure that for my kids and their generation, a lot of the quality that we had here, because we had nothing here. We were very small. I think we had, when I first got elected, there was 400,000 people in this county, and there's now a million, close to a million five. So that was part of my motivation was to make sure that the future generations had what I benefited from as a as a kid here. 
And so when I first got elected in 84, and the first thing I noticed was realized, and we were in the middle of a, of a, a building boom, was all the condos going up on the beaches in Jupiter. And I was like, well, we need to make sure we have plenty of beachfront access, because if you look at South County, they don't have that. And we always enjoyed double roads, and we didn't have anybody stopping us. And all of a sudden, with the condos going up, it was beginning to be a problem. So we were very successful, went to Tallahassee and acquired uh, several pieces on the ocean. And so that was my first venture into land acquisition as a way of preserving that quality of life for the next generation. We were able to avail ourselves of some state dollars, uh, matching dollars, to be able to buy Ocean K Park. We bought the Diamond Head Radnor, which is now the Kerry Marcus Ocean Park Preserve, which is very exciting. We did the um, two Tequesta pieces and the Blowing Rocks piece. So we were able to pick up some properties to expand on what we already had between Carlin Park and, and uh, Loggerhead Park. So and after that, we started to see the building pressure coming in. And, you know, I really like being involved with neighborhoods. I like working with people. I have family that lived in Jupiter Farms. My mother and father-in-law lived out there. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law still live out there. So I was very familiar with it way back in the old days when nothing was, no roads were paved. It was pack a lunch and you were there for a while. So um, I like to be involved with neighborhoods and Jupiter Farms was one of the ones that I was very, very active in. So which came first? And I can't quite remember in the sort of the infrastructure of what has become North County. The, which came first, the bond program or the comprehensive plan, the big tier developments? In 1989 was when we were required to do our first comprehensive plan. And so that was probably the beginnings of seeing what the future was going to look like and trying to make sure people's property rights were protected, but also make sure that, again, and I, I always looked at my voting as what was going to be good in 20 years, not what's going to be good next year, because we really have to look, I believe, long range. So the comprehensive plan came first, and that was sort of our guiding tool. But after that, the environmental community came to the board and said, we need to save these lands. And every time a project would come in, it was like, well, you got to save, you know, this five acres or something. And to me, we were not going to have any meaningful environmental preservation through a regulatory process unless we purchased it. Can I ask a question though? Before we move on, we've talked about the comprehensive plan. To somebody who's not familiar with what the comprehensive plan is that's listening, can you tell us what that is and what it meant and means? It's the document, the the governing document that tells us where our commercial is going to go, where our churches are going to go, where our residential is going to be, what's the density going to be, what's it allowed. That's the comprehensive plan, as we call it. And then you get into the next level, which is the zoning, which actually talks about what the structures will look like and colors and size and setbacks and things like that. So it's a two-phase process. So the, the comp plan is the big one, and it's the really more sacred one because we would have developers coming in trying to change density to make it so they could do five units an acre as opposed to what you are out there, which is one and a half, or I think you're more actually. We made sure that you stayed the more rural tier. It protects you from that. That is the major protection. So it really gave us an opportunity to see in the future, if we didn't change anything, where we could be. Interesting. Because that leads us to some stuff, of course, that we're dealing with today. But we'll get into that later. I'm sorry. Okay. So now continue with, the, with what you were talking about uh, environmentally. 
So after we did the comp plan, realized that there wasn't really, through a zoning process, a regulatory process that would allow us to protect what we wanted to protect. And so with the work of the environmental community and the neighborhoods and certainly Jupiter Farms and others, we went to the voters and said, is it important to protect it? And if it is, and we had a list of properties, a whole lot more than we could afford, but said, if you vote for this bond issue, then the, here's the pieces that we will attempt to purchase at a reasonable price and you know not overpay and all that. And so the voters overwhelmingly sorted the first bond issue was $100 million. Wow. And that allowed us to purchase a lot of the properties in the North End. The bulk of the money was spent in the North End. Because we had MacArthur Foundation, they were both a blessing and a curse to work with, and they were not selling at the time, but we continued to work with them and were able to pick up some pretty significant pieces, Lock Slough, for example, significant pieces from MacArthur Foundation. And so that allowed us to create the network that we have of uh, natural systems that feed into the Loxatchee River and all of that. So I remember... I think one of the big impetus pieces of land was the Loxahatchee Slough. I mean, that was one of the key pieces that people held up. Right. Remind us some of the ideas of development that were being tossed around at the time for what might go into the Loxahatchee Slough, the 30,000 acres that's immediately south of Jupiter Farms. Well, they wanted to put FAU out there. The city of Palm Beach Gardens wanted to put the FAU campus out there, which is currently now on the Abacoa property, which is where it belonged. That was a citizen's uh, active movement against it and finally killed it. That's what it was going to be. It was going to be an FAU campus out there. Wasn't there some talk of like a Disney World expansion or? Yeah, that was pre my time when Walt Disney and Mr. Mack got together. But Mr. Mack made Mr. Disney upset. Um, so Walt pulled his stuff and went to Orlando, which I'm grateful for. I don't know. Thank what God, Mag, yeah. I don't know what Mr. Mag did, but I'm a, I'm okay with it. He pulled it. That was good. So when it was now in the hands of MacArthur, and he had passed away by the time FAU was trying to go out there, it was the city of Palm Beach Gardens that was pushing that initiative. And I remember demonstrations out there that residents had, and all sorts of things, and uh, got the attention of the city, and they stopped doing the project. So when you look at the Loxahatchee Slough and that 30,000 plus acres, because it's really plus because it's also that little bit down in Sweet Bay by the, by the airport and the Hungry Land Slough over by Corbett. When you look at that size of property, which is just west of the city of, just northwest of the city of Palm Beach Gardens and just west of Jupiter with Palm Beach right. Country Estates in the way, the prospect of that being developed like everything else had been developed in the North County with draining it, putting golf courses on it or strip malls right. or houses or whatever, or a university campus would have changed the entire quality of life in Northern Palm Beach County. I mean, just that one purchase has affected all of these different communities. Right. I always considered it that I was at the right place at the right time and hopefully doing the, the right, right thing. thing. Yeah, I had the right vision and knew how important it was. I mean, again, growing up here, we didn't have military trail. We didn't have any of the development. And then watching it from the perspective of being able to influence how it was going to look, I just felt like I was at the right place at the right time and I had the right vision. There's a, 
a phrase that I often say, and um, I wonder if you could speak to its validity because people always say, well, you know, here up in Jupiter Farms, we're surrounded by all of this preserved conservation land and we're so lucky. And I keep saying we have to watch out. We have to be vigilant because protected land is only protected land as long as somebody says that it's protected. Mm-hmm. I know it may not be easy to undo some of those protections, but I, it can be done, right? It would be very difficult to do. First of all, because we bought it with bond money, I'm sure the bond covenants had, you know, were specific to you can only buy the land if it's going to be used for this use. So I think that would be something that can protect it. And the fact that the county owns it is a big deal. When Before I retired from the commission, I did try to get a third party conservation easement on there but the board was unwilling to do that, to consider that, so I wasn't successful. That's sometimes what people will do. They'll go to the Nature Conservancy or somebody and ask them, will you hold title? Which means if you want to make any changes to it, you have to go to them too, and they have to sign off on it. Within the last year, I know that the Palm Beach County held parcels that are in Palmar have been converted to conservancy lands. But I'm always worried about things like uh, the old lemon grove that came up for tax sale this year. Now, I know that supposedly no one's going to be able to get ownership of it, but the fact that taxes aren't being paid on it puts it in a kind of precarious situation that now it's owned by the taxes were paid by somebody from out of state who's looking to cash in. That property actually is owned by the state of Florida, and it was a piece that the county had actually purchased and then we traded it with them for something else. So it is a little more protected. I'm surprised I did not know that they hadn't paid taxes on it because there is a private entity that had a lease with the state of Florida to do mitigation rights in Mm -hmm. there, and yet they hadn't done anything with it. So we weren't sure what the state of Florida was doing with the piece. So it's a little better protected. One of the things that I think the county needs to look at again is some form of an acquisition process whether it's through TDR fees that get paid or something like that, because we kind of paused on that. And rightfully so, the county administrator is worried about having money because you have to maintain it. I mean, you can't buy a car and not fix it or take care of it. And it's not hard to maintain, but you need to stay on top of it with exotics and things. But adding some pieces like some of the Palmar pieces so that we could actually finish that natural system to the Locks River in there um, and take away all of that constant, you know, I want to develop it pressure that comes from whatever the landowner is. And I sat on the Palmar board for a while. So things like that. So I'd like to find a way for us to have some form of an acquisition process. I also say the state of Florida, when before the pandemic, had some money set aside for acquisition that I think we could have availed ourselves to. So I'd like to see that kind of program looked at when we come out of this. Yeah, there was a, I mean, we, as Florida residents, we passed the extra money to, yep. to do an extended Florida Forever program, and that has been stalled at the state level for the past yep. couple of years, but it does seem like there are some remaining key pieces within our watershed infrastructure and our natural systems infrastructure. Most people in the Jupiter Farms area are more familiar with the lands that are to the north of us rather than to the south because they don't drive next to them, the Cypress Creek area and further west, the Hungryland and Pine Glades. But that Hungryland area, that was another key purchase. And that was partnerships. That wasn't just one sole entity. 
it was with the state of Florida Water Management District and two counties, Palm Beach and Martin County, that bought, right. I think it was something like 16,000 acres or 19,000 acres, some huge amount of land out west, which, again, preserved a greenway around the Jupiter Farms and Martin County areas, but also preserved that watershed land. Right, right. Yeah, it was. And um, speaking of Cypress Creek, you remember the stories that we had to fight with the golf course community that wanted to go out there and the county finally stepped in and he knew he was going to, I think, have a problem thanks to the Jupiter Farms residents. And we ended up purchasing that property, probably paid a little more than we should have, but we knew it was important. It was the best way to get it out of the silliness of a, of a golf course for kids who were homeless and needed help, and it was Father Leo's project. It was a galvanizing moment for Jupiter Farms yes, to, really to, yep. to fight that. And that was in the early 2000s when um, we had a big Save the Cypress Creek rally and had Cheney Brothers bring out hamburgers and everybody yep. signed petitions. And it was yep. a big effort. Yes. Um, that was a battle before the Palm Beach County commissioners. It yes, was it a was. high vote. Yes. Where they, I wrote. It seems that as we look at these, there's a couple of points in times that are these galvanizing touchstone moments where the Jupiter Farms residents had to fight X, Y, and Z. Moving forward into the future, is there any other protections that Jupiter Farms can ask of county so that moving forward, we wouldn't have to worry about, well, who's coming in and trying to change our zoning or trying to change our density or this or that? Is there something that could be done? The good news on the preserves properties is that we pretty much bought whatever's available other than some of the Palmar pieces. For Jupiter Farms, that's the thing about the comprehensive plan is it can be changed. Now, I did not support the board when I was still there, supported letting applicants do self-initiations before we had to, not on specific comp plan changes, but on the uses that allowed for, it was like a technical change. So that has given the private sector, some opportunities to try to create some additional loopholes. What I discovered was that because of single member districts, which like I said, when I first ran, it was countywide with single member districts, people didn't have to go to Jupiter Farms. So my colleagues wouldn't go to Jupiter Farms. They didn't know anything about it. They didn't know about the lifestyle that you have and that you enjoy. And that was my I'm pretty sure that still exists. Yes. I'm pretty sure that there's a a couple of... Probably even more so because now of term limits. So it was my job to A, have the confidence of my board members and B, be able to share with them why it was so important and what the lifestyle was here. Just like down in Boca, they have a different lifestyle or in West Palm or out West. So it's become more difficult to let them know why, you know, churches don't really belong every square mile of Jupiter Farms just because you have large pieces on a major highway that make it easier for them to get to. And so it takes an education process. So it's good. That part is going to be a constant battle, I, I, I believe. Is there any way that Jupiter Farms residents could ever invite the commissioners as a whole to come speak at one of our meetings or be present to kind of understand who we are? One of the things that um, we have done in the past and probably could do in the future is do a bus tour. Get them out, let them drive around, you know, then feed them lunch. And don't take all day, just take part of a day, but let them see who Jupiter Farms really is. Let them see the rural characteristics, the horses, all of the things that y'all have done to protect yourself and enhance and and keep you who you are. That would be a much better approach so that they can at least see it. And then if things do come in front of them, 
they would be more aware and more sympathetic to why it didn't fit into the community. All right. Some, somebody write that down. And that goes for every community could do that. I mean, it's not just Jupiter Farms, but I mean, all of the communities that, that are in the district could try to get the commissioners out on us. I used to say I didn't want the commission to come to North County because I didn't want them to see all the things we had. And I didn't want them to see all the free beach parking we have because they don't have it in Central and South. But on particular communities, like where there's an issue going on in Pleasant Ridge, I'm not sure if you know where that is, off of US-1 in Juneau. And that would be where you'd want to have a field trip with some of the board members so they could see what the lifestyle is. I think it's really important. But you have to have a relationship with the other board members where they respect you and they'll listen to you and trust you. And if you have that, they'll probably take the time to do a tour or a field trip or something like that. It's a great idea. It really yeah. is. We talked about the comp plan and the bond issue. Is there anything else that you can think of that has really made such a big impact on the North County? I would like to think the um, having uh, Scripps and Max Blanc here. Again, that was another battle that I fought when they wanted to put it out at Mecca Farms, which hopefully Mecca Farms will be a future natural system to feed into the Lox River to give us the water that we need there. So I think by bringing them to the Abacoa community, to the Jupiter area, to have that type of science going on in our backyard and that the brain power that's there, I mean, they're working on the COVID virus, uh, they're working on the vaccine and, the, and all the other stuff. So it, I think that was a milestone. It really took our job base from a construction leisure and added to it a different job base. So as you're watching what's going on with the pandemic, you still have that research going on and you still have those jobs going on there. And so I think that's going to be part of the future is how do we enhance on that? But yeah, I think that was a pretty big step by fighting it at Mecca, getting the four votes necessary to get it to Jupiter and not Boca and uh, have a successful project here. That and the federal lawsuit that stopped it from going yes. to Mecca in the first place. I bet you I know a bunch of people who are a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was like a three-year battle, I think, to get yes, that whole thing settled in. Yes. I happened to be chairman of the board, which was really a good thing because everything got to start with me as the chairman. So I got to have a lot of influence on a lot of the discussion and how to direct it and things like that. And that's what you do. You have people involved. I'm Like I said, I like to go out into the neighborhoods. And that's what we did when we were doing the Mecca Farm side and realized this is not such a great spot and uh, started doing the alternative site selection and, and again, and ended up in Abacoa finally. The thing I was going to ask next is regarding all the different variety of communities that are in North District, in District 1, what do you think the biggest challenge is for the communities in the district? It's not surprising. All of the communities want the same thing. Whether you're in a gated community or you're in a, the farms or you're in Pleasant Ridge or communities like that, everybody wants the same thing. I mean, North County is different in terms of who we are. Um, we don't want to be South County. We didn't want to be Broward. And I think we've achieved a lot of that. I think the uh, traffic issues continue to be challenging. And uh, that's something that's going to have to continue to be worked on. All of that development that uh, was approved by the city of Palm Beach Gardens and also out at the Calorie Judge, Old Calorie, the new Westlake site, that's going to be a problem for those out there on North Lake and PGA. And it, and it I think, will impact uh, how much water we have available. So I, I think we all have similar desires. I think we want to have good jobs here. I think we're going to survive this pandemic. I 
was on the commission in 2008 when we went through that last recession and saw how, I mean, Palm Beach County is a AAA bond rated. We're in good financial shape. We had good, strong reserves, and that helped us marshal through that, which I think will help us marshal through this. So I think we're the same. I just think we need to be, keep our eye on that 20-year vision, that next generation. And my daughters were six and four. The twins were four when I got elected. Well, they're old enough that they have, there's eight grandkids now. And now I'm thinking about their future. I think our vision in the North End has always been that. I wanted to go back to something that we had touched on before with the comprehensive plan up in Jupiter Farms. And being in the rural tier, I know it was 1989, but do you remember what was the ideas behind creating tiers in the county? To make sure that where the more intense development was going to be and where the infrastructure could be and then where the more rural areas wanted to be. And of course, it's when just Jupiter Farms or Palm Beach Country Estates, it certainly was the acreage. So it was to recognize those existing communities and then reflect the lifestyle that they wanted and make sure that, again, here's where you're going to have your higher density and more suburban look, and then here's where you're going to have your more rural and in-between. So that was the idea behind it. And it won an award at the state, from what yes. I remember. It was a pretty forward-thinking idea. As you know, we have an issue coming up in Jupiter Farms. It's actually at the end of, end of June regarding a change that someone, a private landowner, has initiated with the county for a comprehensive plan change on their property. And it's the first one in Jupiter Farms that is such a drastic change to the rural tier. And while technically it's allowed in the rural tier, a land use change to commercial recreation is a pretty big jump from our rural residential 10, which is one unit for 10 acres. What are your thoughts on the validity of somebody's proposal like that? Well, and I was at the hearing uh, that y'all had where the applicant was there. If it was a government use where it could be controlled, but because it is a private use, a private owner of a commercial recreation that you don't know if it's going to be successful. And once that they get that designation on there, it's very hard to take off to replace. So as in everything with Jupiter Farms, I, I think it's a, not an appropriate location. I think people come out there because they can get a uh, large pieces of property probably cheaper certainly than they can in town and I think the applicant miss, uh, mentioned that but it doesn't mean it's the right place for them so I don't think it should go there I wouldn't support it I think you know you've been successful so far in defeating it resoundingly and with the staff of course the real work is going to be with the board and how strong Commissioner Valache can be with his other board members I, I'm happy to help because I do have a good relationship with some of the other board members to, and this goes back to our original discussion about they don't know the farms. They've probably never been out there. And they don't appreciate or understand why you wouldn't want somebody to bring a soccer, private soccer business out there so your kids could all play and, and things like that. They don't understand it, and I don't think they'll pay attention to the business model, which from what I've seen is shaky at best. No track record, nothing. Just somebody who got irritated with the JTAA and is in litigation with them. And so just wants to buy a soccer field for his kids so they can play soccer. The county certainly doesn't have a need for it. We have soccer fields, as we saw at that meeting, 
that were vacant the night of the meeting. So um, you're just going to have to continue to do your work. One of the things I was thinking about, though, that I think needs to be revisited and strengthened is your neighborhood plan. Because I think if you do the neighborhood plan and you show them and are specific to these types of things as these encroachments keep trying to come in, I think it will A, reintroduce whoever's on the board to Jupiter Farms and B, allow you all to be more specific to it. So I, I, would, I would think that that would want to be something that y'all would want to look at when this thing is over with so you can be in a little more control. That's a very good thought. It sounds like it's going to be a very big job to do, but maybe it's time we, we look at that or we look at other uh, avenues uh, in terms of an overlay, an right. Indian town overlay over Jupiter Farms, which uh, would be at the county level. That would be, that would be awesome. And I, I understand that there's the possibility that you might be there to help us. Yes, after giving it a lot of thought because it wasn't my game plan when I retired. I had served for 28 years and I, I felt like I had accomplished a lot and the term limits were implemented and so I was retiring. And when I retired, I joined a lot of boards and also started my own board called Sustainable Palm Beach County, which has allowed me to stay involved with the public policy. But in doing the Sustainable Palm Beach County and some of the other boards, I recognized that the institutional knowledge in the commission is not there anymore. And uh, the board members recognize that. And they are frustrated because they're only there eight years. And so they don't have time to build up how to get things done or have somebody up there who has the benefit of saying, well, no, this is why we do this this way. Maybe it is time to change. Or here's the history on why Jupiter Farms is the way it is. So after a lot of thought, I did file in January. The official filing period is not till June 8th actually, but we had filed to run, letting people know we were going to run. And so we've been out in the neighborhoods and we've been raising some money and we're doing, you know, we're doing, got to have great supporters helping me because I wouldn't have done this without a lot of grassroots support. And I did reach out to a lot of my neighborhoods and said, what do you think? And got a lot of good feedback. So um, yes, I am running. It will be an August Republican primary. It's just me and one other person right now. I, or there's two other people. And so it's uh, August the 18th is the election, and um, I'm offering myself back up to try to help to take us to that next generation, if you will, so that we can continue to get things done. Well, I can't envision a Jupiter Farms without you winning. Um, can you win it outright in August? If there is a write-in candidate, which I suspect my opponent will do, then yes, once the August primary passes, that is the big election. If there is a token person in there, whether it's an independent or a Democrat, this is a, a pretty Republican district. Once August happens and the election passes, and if I'm successful, I'll feel pretty comfortable about getting through November. Awesome. JFR is technically a, a nonpartisan body, but you know we're housed in the Karen Marcus <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pavilion in Jupiter Farms Park, which wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Karen Marcus, and uh, we wouldn't be surrounded by all the wonderful, beautiful conservation and nature if it wasn't for you as well. So I think this is a very important institutional history. This is very important. I, I feel like every decade is very important here for Jupiter Farms, but mm -hmm. probably now more than ever because the urban sprawl is at our threshold. Yes. And making sure, again, it's, a, it, it's an awareness of who you are. Every neighborhood is different and you're special because you have all sorts of things and you fight like crazy for them and as you should. 
So yeah, there's always going to be a protection. And I think there are tools that are out there that can help it. So it's not so much work all the time for you to have to explain to people why you are the way you are. Well, it's not only the the, the work uh, explaining, it's just the constant moving target. Because I right. got word yesterday from uh, the commissioner's office that the applicant for the soccer field is looking at trying to figure out how he can postpone again. Right. And so, you know, for us, that means, well, do I, do I announce that we need to mobilize and get emails and have people in their seats at the commission meeting on the 29th or or do I wait because they're going to just try and push that goalpost again you know this is especially a time where people are not going to be taken off from work if they can no, I mean it's, right. it's 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 crazy you know so and it's always going to be during the day and it's always going to be on a weekday I thought it was incredibly wonderful when the planning staff brought their meeting up to our pavilion had it on a Tuesday night when we normally and we had 380 voices there which was amazing right. but that's the exception not the rule and and I wonder if moving forward there is a way that both zoning and planning could do I mean, it's good. it would be very hard to, to do it, but to could do a little bit more community outreach where, you know, hey, we're going to bring the meeting to you because it's going to affect you. Mm-hmm. I think they can do that. I think they're probably willing to do that. The fact that the zoning staff did come out there and provide you all with that information. Yeah. So. And I think it was paramount to getting a unanimous no vote. Uh, yep. It was it was after the staff report came back, which said, absolutely not. This is a silly right. idea. Susan, right. you were going to say? With our electronic meetings now, I sit on the land use advisory board and we did the meeting by computer yesterday. And it just might open some possibilities up so that people don't have to go to 301 Olive for mm-hmm. county commission meetings. It could be possible to set up public input in meetings at satellite offices and also reduce the intensity of crowds. So I think county administrators should put their creative hats on as to how we might be more transparent and more inclusive of the public. They do that now for their commission meetings because they are limiting the occupancy in the chamber, which if you want to have 300 people come, you can't because it would be not allowed with the social distancing we're doing. So you can call in, you can send a email message that they'll read. I think there needs to be, it needs to be broadened a little bit more. So it's more Mm -hmm. like a Zoom call. So there is a screen somewhere or something like that. So yes, I think that's part of how the future is going to be. And hopefully they'll do that. And then there's always the alternative to try to get them to move it to Jog Road, which has Mm -hmm. a little bit more room. and Certainly better parking. Yes, yes. Might be a little, you know, more when they have large crowds that they anticipate, like with your item. So, yeah, those are requests that can be made. So I have one other subject that I wanted to go back to. When we were talking before about bringing commissioners out to the neighborhood, um, bus tours and that sort of thing, it brought up a memory of us bringing the ARC, the Florida Florida Forever Committee that makes the decisions on purchasing lands. And traditionally what they would do in the past is come and see the properties that they were considering purchasing. And they would come and we had them and hosted them on the purchase of Cypress Creek properties when they were considering purchasing that 3,000 acres up there. And having people on the land and with the Environmental Council, it's one of the things that we've always said is that the land is our best lobbyist, right? Yep. Because they can actually see and feel what it is the intention of. 
getting people onto the Loxahatchee River was one of our best advocate tools. And the memory that really brought up was us getting Jeff Atwater, who was a, our senator for the state senator for the area at the time, out on horseback into the Loxahatchee Slough Lucky Buck Track. Um, and he said that we would tra we trained him as an environmentalist. And I was just wondering if you had any memories of being out in the slog anywhere. Oh, yes. I have plenty <laughs> of photos of walking through most of those natural areas and having some of our, our ERM staff guide us and, and talk to us about the special, you know, why this was and the, each individual, the trees and then the wetlands and all that stuff. So, yeah, I've, I've probably been on most properties in the North End in some form or fashion, whether it was through walking and doing as you described. No horseback riding for me, but um, at least through the walks or through the dune buggies or stuff like that. And it's very and helpful. I want, I want a good woman versus nature story from one of those walks. Did you, did you wrestle <laughs> any alligators? Yeah, no, I didn't see any alligators. There was too many people. So there, I mean, my kids could probably tell horror stories because I always made them go. So they'd have an appreciation for it. You know, it, it's wet. And, you know, you got to wear your hiking boots, and but it's fun. It's, you know, it's, uh, there's no gate. We didn't see any gators. You know, the high school graduations this year, which is tragic for our high school seniors and not being able to complete their graduation, it, it made me think of what high school might have been like at Palm Beach Gardens High School when you graduated, Karen. Yeah. Yes, I was the first graduating class from Palm Beach Gardens High School because Initially, I, when I, I grew up here, I went to North Palm Elementary, I went to Hal Watkins, and then I went to Riviera Beach High School. And then they opened up gardens, and so my class was split in half, and I went over there. We had a very small class, brand new, I think the first air-conditioned school in, in uh, northern Palm Beach County. And so it was a small class, and we're actually trying to plan our reunion for this year or next year, depending upon how the virus goes. So it was just small town. It's just like you know how it was, even though you're much younger than I am. It was still a small town back then. And I imagine you didn't take any days off from high school to go over to the beach. Um, probably not, maybe. You know, I mean, it was enticing, right? Statute <laughs> <laughs> limitations is passed on that. Yes, 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 yes. I graduated, so I'm cool. They can't get That's me in it. trouble anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to send any wrong messages to my grandkids. Exactly, exactly. So Don't school's important. Yeah. Is there anything else on the beaches that you wanted to talk about? I know that you've been involved in a lot of our beach preservation and renourishment and restoration efforts. We need to continue to explore ways of, um, because we will get the erosion and with sea level rise, we're going to start seeing bigger impacts. And I think instead of us doing trying to do beach renourishment the standard way, I think we're going to have to look at new ways. There is some exploratory with the sand trap bags and um, uh, Loggerhead Marine Life Center, who I'm on the board there. Their researchers have looked at the impacts of the sand trap bags on turtle nesting. Because as you know, the nine miles there from Lost Tree to Jupiter is the highest densely nesting turtle nesting in, the, in America. And so they did some research on it and showed that it was not affecting the turtles and their nesting. And so those are things in the future that I think we're going to have to look at because the storms come in and we've already had two tropical storms. As the storms come in and we start seeing more erosion, I think we're going to have to be more thoughtful about the way we try to retain some of that beachfront. And the Juno Pier has been great. The project that took me 10 years to get permitted, 
but again, it's uh, it's really something that I think the public has benefited from and, and using and things like that. So I, I think the beaches are going to continue to be important. I think we're going to have to figure out what to do with sea level rise because it's coming. Palm Beach County is not as bad as what it's going to be in Miami-Dade and Broward. But that's something that I also would like to have the county more focused on is we've got to get through this pandemic and we will and make sure we find jobs and get people back to work and doing things like that. But then I think we need to get back to that 20-year vision of after a while you won't be able to afford things because you're having to deal with sea level rise and how you fix your infrastructure to prepare for it. Right. I think that's probably going to be the Commissioner Marcus podcast part two. Um, <laughs> because, I, 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 you know, the, the exact thing that you were talking about, Karen, the institutional history. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's wonderful for us that, you know, even though these podcasts are in some ways a snapshot in time, you know, we're, we're, we're not live, we're not doing this live because of the pandemic and people are going to be able to go back and, and look at that. But the institutional history about how Jupiter Farms came to be yeah. and how we got protected and how we moved to keep that those protections in place, I think is a huge benefit for us to have these to go and draw back on. And I, and I want to thank you for joining us today. And Susan, I want to thank you for, you know, kind of heading up the discussion because you, you were, you were there, although you were a wee little baby, you were there. You were, <laughs> you, you're, you're, anyway. Once again, and I'd like to thank Kristen and Jillian for joining us. Thanks to David Guggenheim and Someone Talk Media for your direction and engineering. Most of all, thanks to our audience for streaming and listening to the Jupiter Farms podcast. But right now, be sure you hit subscribe so you'll be notified when new episodes release and share it with your neighbors and friends. Take care, and we will be speaking at you again before long from the farm. Say goodbye, everybody. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. And you did not thank Molly. She's been dying to get on this podcast for two seasons, and you didn't even like. Is that Molly, Jillian? Yeah. Molly's yeah, well, going to get It's a podcast. Edited. It's it's Molly's. Molly's going to get totally edited. That. No critters that scared us enough to chase us off. That that was awesome timing. That was awesome timing. Good job, Molly. This has been a production of someone talkmedia.com.